Hi, I'm Amy Rodman. Welcome to Igniting Creativity, a series for virtual teachers, where I walk you through the things I wish I would have known about becoming a teacher business owner and help you creatively thrive. I'm still teaching classes for the majority of my time, but without building my business, I wouldn't be sustaining this kind of career. It's a lot different than having a structured schedule where you report to a building with guidelines and deadlines set by others. My success now completely depends on what I put into it and how I manage my time. Join me on this journey of how I'm making that work so you can implement what speaks to you. Don't forget to download the free workbook to help you make the progress that will aid in your success. In episode six, I'm talking about building relationships. It's important to build relationships with your students to want them to keep coming back, but you also need to think about their families because they're the ones that are enrolling them and paying for them to continually see you. I have to admit, as an art teacher, I used to avoid parent interaction at school pretty much as much as possible because let's face it, how many people actually thought they needed to talk to the art teacher during parent-teacher conferences? Me, I was the most excited to go to the art teachers, but very few, unless it's requested from the teacher, very few parents actually request to have conferences with the art teacher. So that was my catch-up day. There was always a million things to do to clean up or prepare in the studio, in the classroom, beyond computer work that never seemed to get done. So I took advantage of that. And I wouldn't request conferences all that often because really, once you get your routines established, there's not all that many, or I didn't have that many problems, it seemed. The kids came to me and were excited to come to me and I didn't see them that often to begin with. But now that I'm a business, I have found out that parent communication is a huge part of it. And part of my office hours is set to answer emails, reach out to parents, and build these relationships every week. In episode five, I talked about scheduling and establishing boundaries. And if you are reaching out to parents, parents are reaching out to you, it's still important to set some boundaries. I, at the beginning of teaching virtually, I think I worked all the time. It didn't matter what hour of the day because everything would come through my phone. I had a laptop. It was just on whenever I'd be watching TV in the evening. I would be out in different places. One time I was at Disney World and was answering questions about a flex course because it was the very first day of flex and there was some confusion about where and when the live meeting would happen. So there are times whenever I feel it's important to answer immediately, but there are times whenever it is okay to say, even if I see the email, even if I know that somebody has reached out, I will get to it tomorrow during my office hours. So time block that. Set a time that you're willing to sit down and actually open up that computer. Go to your office space, whatever that might be, whether it's your dining room table or an actual separate room. But if it is not during that time, shut off the technology. Turn your computer off. Close that laptop. 
Make it so that the notifications are not dinging at you during dinner. Or if they are going off and you would like to at least check and see what it is, just star the email so you don't forget to get back to it. But don't think it is so urgent to respond to everybody at all hours of the day. One thing I found out about needing to set those boundaries is I'm not in the same time zone as everybody else anymore. So as a teacher in a building, everybody knew what my set hours were. If I answered somebody in the evening, that was my choice. It was rare that I did that because I felt most responses were completely acceptable to be sent the next morning when I arrived. But they don't always know now what time zone you're in, and I rarely know what time zone my students are in. So they might be thinking that they're emailing you at a reasonable hour in the afternoon, but you have started giving your kids a bath and putting them to bed. And so that is what you have to just realize, that you have established specific times to be able to answer people, and within 24 to 48 hours is completely acceptable. So parents know you can either update your policies or if you haven't done it yet, set and publish policies. Now most platforms list their policies and you may feel it's not really necessary to overdo it. But there are specific questions or concerns that parents would bring up kind of on a regular basis that I felt was just a good thing to do to reiterate it on my profile or you could put it in your welcome email that gets sent to the learners from the very first class, like before they attend the class, or you could post it in the classroom. You may want to do all of those things so that you are certain they'll see them. You can make sure that they know exactly what is expected from them and from you. So 24 to 48 hours response time, it's on there, they know that that's my policy and that I will get back to them. You can also do some things to streamline the process. So if you are finding that you're answering very similar questions on a regular basis, take that response that you give, copy it and paste it into a Google Doc. That way you can just copy and paste, change names, change times or the names of the classes and you don't have to sit and think through what you have to type every single time. There won't be any grammar mistakes because you already have done that and it's just there and ready for you. So make sure that as you are seeing this come up regularly, whatever that response might be, let's say you get requests for classes a lot and they're out of your range of hours that you teach. That can be one of your swipe files where you just copy, paste, change the name, or change that date. Another thing that I feel is really, really important, and I can say this from a parent that has received emails like this, and it was during a time whenever I didn't receive many emails like this, find positives and reach out. You don't just have to discuss business. You know, those emails where you are discussing dates, times, classes, prices, things like that. Reach out to actually say 
something positive that happened in class, especially if it is a quiet student. A lot of times parents are a little nervous that their, their child is shy on the camera or they're not participating enough. And if you even notice one thing that is maybe helping them come out of their shell, let the parents know. I can honestly say a few years ago as school was difficult for my son, it was just so refreshing to have one teacher in particular recognize something that was consistent and she saw as a positive because that's not the kind of emails we were getting as often. And as he grew and matured, we're starting to see more of that. And it helps us as parents know how to kind of encourage them. So it might really brighten somebody's day if you reach out. Kids might also not really let their parents know what's going on in class or how they really like it. And so if you reach out, that might give them an idea about how the class is going. And so they might have a more positive experience just knowing that it seems like they are enjoying it whenever their kids give them really small answers. Another thing is some more business terms here, the know, like, and trust factor. How are these parents going to get to know you? You are behind a screen and I get comments here and there about how, well, how is it possible to actually build a relationship with a student? How do you, how do you connect with them? There's no way to connect with them if you're online. Absolutely, you can connect with these students. I have some students that were loyal for well over a year that I felt like I knew them really well because we were able to talk about different things like their culture. I'm, I mean, this is a worldwide way of teaching. So I learned a lot about different areas of the world, even different places within the United States that are so different than mine. And conversations happen as you are progressing through these classes. So the kids might really know and like you and trust what you're doing, but the parents might not see that as much. So reaching out to them is very helpful. Another thing I had talked about in episode four with the self-promotion were videos. And again, this is the get to know you, the know, like, and trust factor. It's not the most fun part of the business, creating videos and prepping all of these things. And it seems like it takes away so much time from teaching, but it is important because then they're able to get an idea of what you're like before they take your class and there's a bigger chance that they will. Some extra things that you can do just to surprise it, to surprise them, are provide extra resources. Um, you could send a newsletter, either quarterly or seasonally, and that way they get to know what other classes you are offering without having to search for everything. They, you could provide just like this extra value because who doesn't like a bonus? And one of the things I like to do is surprise lo the loyal families with the coupon codes that offer them a discount. I don't offer discounts really to new families too often. There's often um, like a discount site on Facebook where you can post your classes. I don't find that that's the best way to attract new learners, but I do feel that it's important to keep your learners. And once you have had them for a really long time, who 
who wouldn't appreciate that you've given a little bit of a surprise to them? So if you're just tuning into this episode, this actually ends the first series for virtual teachers. There were other topics that were talked about, face your fears, course development, building a funnel of classes, the art of self-promotion, and scheduling. I ended it at six episodes, not knowing how I would love, if I would love to produce a podcast, but I had been on them before and really enjoyed it. I'm finding it to be easier and easier each time. I'm not saying that any of these episodes were perfect or that I talked about everything that I wanted to because I thought of stuff afterward, but I do believe that I'll probably continue offering some episodes. So in the future, look forward to discussing things like flex courses where it's a little more about the pre-recorded side of things versus teaching live. I'd really like to do some interviews with other virtual teachers and also just topics that might be something that you suggest that you wanna learn more about. So DM me to reach out if you do have a suggestion or if you're interested in chatting because building a community of coworkers is a goal of mine. We don't see each other, we're not meeting up often. And so what better way to do that than to start introducing others to us that we can learn from each other. So I really hope that these six episodes have helped you, that maybe one or two of them have really taught you something that you needed to improve on for your business, and let me know what you've thought so far. I know if virtual teaching can be lonely, we're sitting behind a screen in our own home with no other coworkers. I left a really good support system of coworkers who I'm still in contact with on a regular basis, but I miss that community of seeing them in person and bouncing ideas off of each other. I guess what I should say is I miss seeing them, but I don't miss leaving my house. I do love my commute now, but what I'm trying to build here is a bit of community, collaboration over competition every step of the way. There's six episodes in this series and hopefully one or all of the topics resonate with you in some way to help you build your business. Don't forget about the workbook that can be downloaded in the show notes and you can find me at amyrodman.com or at amy.rodman.art on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening.